Inside me, a hundred beings are putting their fingers to their lips and saying, that's enough for now. Shh. Silence is an ocean, speech a river. When the ocean is searching for you, don't walk to the language river. Listen to the ocean and bring your talky business to an end. Traditional words are just babbling in that presence, and babbling is a substitute for sight. When you sit down with your beloved, send the chaperones away, the old women who brought you together. When you are mature and with your love, the love letters and matchmakers seem irritating. You might read those letters, but only to reach beginners about love. One who sees grows silent. When you are with one of those, be still and quiet unless he asks you to talk. Then draw out the words as I do this poem. Thank you for listening to Poet on Song, the podcast that proposes to love a poet with you and accompany them with great music. My name is Mariama Antoine, and today I hope that you will pause and be cleansed with me as we sit at the feet of he who is master of all masters, a guide imbued with love, a man who emerged from a constellation of brilliant Eastern minds to radiate still his much-needed light on us, the Persian poet, the Islamic scholar, the Sufi master, Maulana Jalal al-Din Rami. I read a brilliant play by Cormac McCarthy entitled The Sunset Limited, with a character white that's his name, White, asked something like, do you find it odd that I should be here to witness the death of everything? And in my gloomier moments, I'll admit to sharing those feelings. One is easily swayed by the disturbingly logical presage announced by the decadence of our days. And this uncanny sense of looming doom stays with us as the tone rises between world governments, does it not? Perhaps it's because we are so conscious of the limitations that push us to do wrong when we know right, hurt by choice or instinct, and not care 
And it seems that the modern world is driven by this exploitation of human flaws, procuring its power from the assault constantly waged on our spirit, making money from our weaknesses, deriving profit from our fears. And what is to be done? I think it's to this questioning, the sparing part of ourselves, that Rumi's verse responds with absolute clarity. But he is an experience, one that requires that we set aside the certainties we have with regard to love and the sacred and be washed anew. They say that a prophet addresses the deepest layers in us, that they offer us a form of freedom from the shackles of our baser instincts. And in many ways, Rumi is precisely that, a prophet, a prophet of love. And I think of how we struggle under the yoke of our own limitations, and I imagine that there is not a person who would not gladly surrender their hate, their fear, their lust, their lethargy or malice, if the opportunity to live without those chains arose. Maybe some would keep them. Perhaps some long for the darkness that's white again. But I don't think that's the case for most of us. Because the need to be uplifted, to look up and ascend towards something greater than our peevish wants and the zing of temporary victories is intrinsic. From Rumi's song comes profound detections, an invitation to listen to what is not delivered by thought, but rather acquired an intuition. His is a call to preserve that part of ourselves that makes peace its mental space, joy its natural state, and beauty its expression. The first Rumi poem I ever came into contact with, I happened upon with a single verse. It was displayed on a wall somewhere that I can't now recall. But I remember reading these words, out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing, there is a feel, I'll meet you there, Rumi. And it's this notion of a space where things were neither right nor wrong, good or bad that stood across the years as an invitation to contemplation for me. That and the name Remy, because he had, with two lines, brought me to such meditation. I liked it so much that I put it up on my wall, and from time to time I would wonder, what is this feel? Can one ever reach a place where things can be known beyond the system of opposition that we so duly rely on? And what would that look like? A point of view that is neither right 
nor wrong. The wagon from which I drew that initial verse is spoken, it seems to me, from such a place. And because of that, it is deep, ecstatic, and haunting. Here's an extract from the wagon. For all the poems that I'll read, I am using the Colbin Barks translation and bow very, very low to Sheikh Abdal Hakim Murad for the pertinence and precision of his mind, and my hero, Sheikh Hamza Yusuf, for his brilliance and piety. From the wagon. Inside your face, the ancient manuscripts seem like rusty mirrors. You breathe, new shapes appear, and the music of a desire as widespread as spring begins to move like a great wagon. Drive slowly. Some of us walking alongside are lame. Today, like every other day, we wake up empty and frightened. Don't open the door to the study and begin reading. Take down a musical instrument. Let the beauty we love be what we do. There are hundreds of ways to kneel and kiss the ground. For out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing, there is a feel. I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in the grass, the world is too full to talk about ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make any sense. To read Remy is to get a glimpse into a world that is long gone. He was born in Bagh in 1207, what is now Afghanistan, and was then a part of the Persian Empire. In fact, he was not known by that name, Remy, which means Roman from Anatolia, until his family moved to Konya in Turkey to escape the threat of invading Mongols. That's where he's buried. People around him called him Mulana our leader. In his lifetime, Rumi had disciples, wore the white turban of the Islamic scholar, had studied the great Persian poets, and was initiated into his father's brand of mysticism, and when the latter died, took over his position as sheik and a dervish community in Konya. In fact, the turn or moving meditation performed by the Malavi dervishes, our image of the dervish dancer, was created by Rumi. The shift from religious leader to master was initiated when he encountered the man who was to be his life's inspiration and great friend, the poet, the philosopher, 
Shamsi Tabrizi, and it was under Sham's spiritual instruction and the two men's fusional friendship that Rumi began the deep transformation that yielded the Masnavi, six incredible volumes of mystical verses in the Devan Shams, the first of Rumi's books. After Sham's death, rumor has it that Rumi's son had him killed out of jealousy. The transformation into this ethereal voice, though I'm not sure he would approve of that word, that Rumi becomes seems complete. I'll read you a few poems now. I'll try not to say much, nor do you need to catch everything at first. What is required to get the scent of Rumi's perfume is really your presence. Morning water and a poet. We learned this from a drunken king who wakes up hungover and sick, asking for two things. A morning drink of water and let it be brought by a poet. There is a tradition that the wine of non-existence makes us God drunk, intoxicated that way, or purified. And there is another poet who makes us want the red wine and the white. The two poets may even have the same name. Look inside form. Read with your soul this Masnavi. And let it bring you morning water and a poet. Wean yourself. Little by little, wean yourself. This is the gist of what I have to say. From an embryo whose nourishment comes into the blood, move to an infant drinking milk, to a child on solid food, to a searcher of wisdom, and to a hunter of more invisible game. Think how it is to have a conversation with an embryo, you might say. The world outside is vast and intricate. There are wheat fields and mountain passes and orchids in bloom. At night, 
There are millions of galaxies, and in the sunlight, the beauty of friends dancing at a wedding. You might ask the embryo why he or she stays cooked up in the dark with eyes closed. Listen to the answer. There is no other world. I only know what I've experienced. You must be hallucinating. from only breath, not Christian or Jew or Muslim, not Hindu, Buddhist or Sufi or Zen, not any religion or cultural system. I am not from the East or the West, not out of the ocean or up from the ground, not natural or ethereal, not composed of elements at all. I do not exist. I am not an entity in this world or the next that not descend from Adam and Eve or any origin story. My place is placeless, a trace of the traceless, neither body or soul. I belong to the beloved, have seen the two worlds as one and that one called two and no first, last, outer, inner, only that breath, breathing, human being. drum. In this drumbeat moment of red flowers opening and grapes being crushed, the soul and luminous clarity sit together. All desire wants is a taste of you. Two small villages in a mountain valley where everyone longs for presence. We start to step up. A step appears. You say, I am more compassionate than your mother and father. I make medicine out of your pain. From your chimney smoke I shape new constellation. I tell everything, but do not say it, because my friend, it is better your secret be spoken by you. Rumi's poetry speaks to us from a state of deep inspiration. The luminescence of his verse carries hope, can deliver method, 
or the emotional training needed to find our way to the knowledge seasoned by love, wisdom. And from reading Rumi, one learns that there is a rigor to love, that it reaches beyond attachment to something closer to what we do. Let the beauty we love be what we do. So love is action. Love is devotion. Love is a willingness to make sacred the demands of our higher self, cater to its need for beauty, for gentleness, for light. That such practices push us towards the incredible energy, the dynamism that is human happiness. And having acquired it, we naturally share it, deliver it with abundance. And it seems to me that in such state, we no longer ask what can be done. Rather, what is beloved in my life? What do I cherish? What have I rendered sacred? The soul, Rumi tells us, is a newly skinned hide, bloody and gross. Work on it with manual discipline and the bitter tinning acid grief and you'll become lovely and very strong. So how will we shoulder these crouching times, be lovely and strong? How can we transform the avarice that has assailed us century upon century like a plague? I think as Krishnamurti argued that all revolution is personal, begins with the person. The violence in man is undeniable. But there exists also in us understanding, cooperation, compassion, and a deep capacity for love that is not buried under that violence, but coincides with it, struggles upward like a once sickly kid on a climbing rope determined to be that no more. To the sick at heart, Remy instruct, look beyond you and recognize the luminosity of soul. Sit beside those that draw you to that.
It was Kennedy, John, who said that when power leads men towards arrogance, poetry reminds him of his limitations. When power narrows the area of men's concern, poetry reminds him of the richness and diversity of his existence. When power corrupts, poetry cleanses. So I'll end with this last cleansing poem, an extract from No Room for Form. Beat the drums and let the poets speak. This is a day of purification for those who are already mature and initiated into what love is. No need to wait until we die. There is more to want here than money and being famous in bites of roasted meat. Now, what shall we call this new sort of gazing house that has opened in our town where people sit and pour out their glancing like light, like answering? Hmm. I'll call it radical love. This is where we end. This has been Poet on Song, and my name is Mariama Antoine. Poet on Song is available on most major podcast platforms and on poetonsong.com.
The music that you've heard on this podcast is as follows. Sweet, from The Hours, Movement 1 by Philip Glass, interpretation by Michael Reisman and Manson in the Manitoba Chamber Orchestra. Zaplakala Evdo Vista, from the album Balkan Honey and Blood by Jordi Saval. Sweet, Duana Purtata Horaka La Caval, from the album Balkan Spirit by Jordi Saval. Adnan, a call to prayer by Nasser Al-Katami. Egivaleg, Song and Dance in the Budapest Gypsy Style by Gulia Sik, Cha Lemberger, and Vilmo Sikos. String Quartet, number three. Mishima by Philip Glass, interpretation by the Carducci String Quartet. Tutti, Fast and Slow, from the album Balkan, Honey and Blood by Jordi Saval. I hope that you'll come again, for in these times of confusion, I have gone in search of he who sang best the song of American vitality, Walt Whitman. See you then.